Um, but I'm, I'm so excited about this morning. I've known I'm going to be speaking for a few weeks and I guess I've been really had this one thought on my heart that I've had to really wrestle with because I'm not sure, I haven't really been sure how to present that thought. I don't know if you've ever felt something and you're just not quite sure how to express it, but I, I really feel that God wants to do something powerful here this morning. And, and a bit later, we're actually going to create some space to pray for people. If you'd like prayer, if you'd like a fresh touch from God, we'd love to spend some time just standing with you in prayer. Um, I've got two kids, as some of you might know, and my eldest is, is, is a bit over three and my youngest is one, and uh, we're currently kind of in the process or the battle of, of teaching my daughter how to say sorry. Um, does any, can any other parents, if you've got tips on this, please let me know, uh, because I didn't realize there was a good way and a bad way to say sorry, but I've realized that there is, and you know, our kids, they love each other. They're, they're pretty full on. Uh, my son is very robust for his age. He and uh, and we, we call him Zeke Boy or Chunky Man because he's a solid kind of unit. And they love to, you know, kind of play around. And, and sometimes in the, the intensity of, of what's going on, uh, you know, River can, can sometimes maybe knock Zeke over or, or make him a little bit unhappy. And, and we have to say, River, say sorry to your brother. And it's, it's funny because you'd think it would be that simple. But uh, like I said, I've learned there's some inappropriate ways to say sorry. Because often what she'll do is in the middle of laughter, she'll say, sorry, Ziggy boy, ah! and then take off and, and run into the room. And we have to call her back in and say, no, <laughs> it's like, you're not sorry yet. <laughs> uh, don't laugh. Say it without laughing. And, and, and she'll like, you know, she's still laughing. You see a big smile on her face. And poor Ziggs, and, you know, he's sad. And, and you no, know, and it's like you always want to tell her, be, be more sorry. You know, be, be, be sad when you're sorry. And, and, but other times it'll be the opposite where she doesn't want to say sorry. And she's quite angry about having to say sorry. And she'll be stood there with, with arms folded and, sorry, Zeke boy. And, sorry, like it's his fault. Like, sorry, Zeke. And, I don't know if you've ever had to deal with that. Uh, but, what, but what I think looking at it is, it's funny how much we communicate actually comes through kind of our, our body language. Hey, It comes through our posture. It comes through kind of maybe not even the words that we're saying, but the way that we're saying them or the, the actions we're doing as we say them. You know, studies suggest that between 70 and 90% of what we communicate is actually nonverbal. It's not the words that we're saying. It's actually the way that we're presenting them and the, the way that we're, um, that maybe the things we're doing with our body as we get our message across. Maybe you've been in a position where you were in some workplace and you needed somebody's help. Maybe you were in an airport and you go up to the person, you ask for their help. And you can, you can usually tell straight away by someone's posture whether they're going to be a good help to you or not, right? If they're sitting slumped down behind their desk, looking like they've just finished a 19-hour shift, uh, it's like, oh, maybe we're not going to get any help here today. But if they're upright and they're smiley and they're perky, like, all right, I actually, without even asking, I can already tell that you're going to be helpful. I was reading some studies about it this week, and they're saying that posture can convey a wealth of information about how a person is feeling, as well as hints about personality characteristics, such as whether a person is confident, open, or submissive. Basically, by looking at somebody's posture, you can learn a lot about them. 
And just like with people, I think we can actually learn a lot about God as we look at the posture of God. So this morning, I'd like to look at the posture of God. What is God's posture towards us? And I think it's important to understand because if we have the wrong imagination about the posture of God, about God's posture towards us, it can be possible to, to read good things about Him and, and to read the things that He says, but almost hear them in a totally different way. It's funny how our imagination of, of even just how God postures Himself can have a significant say in the way that we see God. So I want to look at this short story about Jesus. It's two verses, and, uh, and it, it shows us so much, I believe, about the character of God. It's a story about Jesus, and we've got to remember, I love how Shane Willard says this. He says, remember that God looks like Jesus, exactly like Jesus. So when we see Jesus' posture, it shows us what God's posture is towards us. So I want to read from Matthew 8 this morning. And this is just Jesus after he came down from the mountain, where he would preached kind of his sermon on the mount. And it says in Matthew 8, 2 to 3, it says, A man with leprosy came and knelt before him and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Now, we probably all have heard how serious of a condition leprosy was, especially back then. It was ostracized. It was ring a bell, let people know that you're coming. Don't live in the city. It was a big deal. And he comes to Jesus and says, if you're willing, you can make me clean. And I love what we see here about God. It says, Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. Immediately, he was cleansed of his leprosy. Two verses. In two verses, we see an incredible healing miracle, and we see a life absolutely transformed. And, and just, I just want to sit on the fact, just for a second, that's two verses. There's a lot of verses in the Bible. Couldn't tell you how many, but there's a lot. And I just love how this is so much a part of God's character. Is it's, it's almost, it's not there's a whole full chapter devoted to it. It's two chapters. A man comes with a serious illness. He says, God, if you're willing, Jesus says, I am, be made well. And he's made well. That is our God. Not complicated, not go and do something and then maybe, but right now, right here, you can have an encounter with the power of God. And that's what I really believe this morning, that, that, that God, I mean, obviously God is a God who wants us to know Him, who wants relationship, who, who cares so deeply about you. But also God is not just a God to know, He's a God to experience. He's a God whose power is real and tangible and transformational. I don't know if anyone else believes that here this morning, that our God is not just a distant God to be known, but actually a close God to be experienced. And I love that we see His character in this. He wants us to experience His transformational power. And I mean, we, some of us would have experienced that, hey, where in just a moment, even physically, his power can transform us. In a moment, internally, His power can transform us. We can go from hopeless to hopeful. We can go from down to joyful. We can go from, you know, visionless to full of vision. We can go from purposeless to full of purpose. The power of God is transformational. So I want to, and I love what it says in Ephesians 3.20. It says, Now unto Him who's able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to His power that is at work within us. 
I think it's so important, church, that we remember that even right now, in this moment, God's power is at work within us. So the posture of God, I want to just look at a couple of thoughts here, and, and I kind of just wanted to make a bunch of space to pray for people this morning, because that's what I really feel like God wants to do. So, but, but looking at the posture of God, the first thing I see is that Jesus is willing. And, and I think that willingness is not just doing something, it's actually a posture of the heart to be willing. It's actually a postural thing to be willing to do something. When uh, my wife and I first moved to Taiwan, we obviously didn't speak any of the language, and we saw this uh, really popular breakfast shop under our house. And if you've ever traveled, you know, like, eat where the locals eat, okay? So if, if the restaurant is empty, don't eat there. It's everyone has voted with their feet, you will get sick. <laughs> but if the, if, the, if the restaurant is like pumping and there's people, it's like that's a, that's a safe bet. And we, we walked into this breakfast shop and the menu was all in Chinese and there was no photos. And we were like, oh, what, what do we do? We thought maybe we'll try a lot. Maybe they speak English. They didn't speak any English. And we, the only way we could kind of know what the shop served was to look at what they were cooking and to look at people's food on the table. And, and we, we were trying to point out, like, we want what that person has. Like, just pointing over, we want, we want this thing. And we were getting nowhere fast. And I remember this was in with, like, within, like, the first couple of weeks we were in Taiwan. And this lady who was walking past came off the street, came to us and said, I speak English. Would you like me to help you? translate. And we were like, oh my goodness, an angel. And, 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 she, came, and she translated for us and we hate this delicious smell. And I, but I think that's what a picture of willingness is. A willingness is going out of your way to help somebody. It's an open heart. It's not that we had to go and find her and say, can you please help us? It was, hey, I'm here. Would you like me to help you? And I think that's a look at the heart of God. The Greek word there for willing actually means to take delight in. So like, it's like Jesus's response is, I would love to. Would you like to be met? Well, Jesus, if you're willing, if, if you can, you could make me well. I would love to make you well. Isn't that a powerful picture about the posture of God, that his heart is open towards you, that he wants to help you, that he, he wants to meet your need. He wants you to experience him and not in some begrudging sense of, oh, well, look, maybe if you do some certain things, but his, his heart is towards you. Our God is a willing God. Do you believe that this morning? God's posture is to take delight in you. Not, you know, you need to earn it, but I am ready to help. And, and something so much more than a physical thing's going on here. Obviously, he heals a man physically. But, but just think about this man who's been rejected for his whole life. His condition means that nobody will come close to him, let alone touch him. And Jesus reaches out his hand and touches him. It's like the, the, the picture is, even if nobody else will touch you, I am willing to touch you. I love what it says in Romans. It says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone. Say the person beside you. Everyone. Everyone. It's funny how we can find exceptions to the word everyone. We add in everyone but me. Everyone but these people. Everyone but, no, 
everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And, and that word saved, the Greek word is sozo. It means to be made whole or to be put back together. Isn't that a beautiful picture? Anyone who reaches out to Jesus will find salvation in the restoration of their life, in the broken pieces being put back together, in wholeness being found where there is brokenness. And Jesus doesn't just say, that's something that I might do. He says, I am willing. My heart is towards, I would love to make you whole. I would love for you to experience freedom. I would love to heal your body. I would love for you to experience joy that doesn't make any sense. I would love for you to experience peace, even in the most difficult of moments. I would love to. That's God's heart. He is willing. And I, and I think too, it's important to remember that no, no matter what maybe even other people have spoken over you or what you've spoken over yourself, God is willing towards you. Could he do it for me? Yes. Does he love me? Yes. Can he give me hope? Yes. Well, no, but, but you don't know who I am. You don't know what I've done. God is willing. Isn't that powerful? Don't you love that about God, that He is willing? So in what you're facing, do you believe that God is actually willing to help you? Not only that He's able, but actually that He's willing, that He would love to do it. The second thing we see, which I love, is, is that Jesus is so relaxed. And I think that shows us a little bit about God's posture. It's like, you know, if, if I had a big healing need like that, I kind of would have ex expected a little bit more, if I'm honest, than be clean, is what Jesus says. Be clean. I would have been expected, all right, let's get out the, uh, you know, do we need an altar call situation here? Should I take my sandals off? Should, you know, what, what, do we, what do we need to do here? And Jesus is like, I'm willing, be clean. It's so relaxed. It's so not intense, but it's full of faith. And I shared this story a little uh, a couple of weeks ago on the 6 p.m., but um, when I was a kid, I loved going out in the ocean with my dad. Did anyone else do that? Did, when you were a kid, you'd, maybe one of your parents like, took you out swimming, and, and they'd take you out further than you could kind of go by yourself. And, you know, you're this little hopeless kid, helpless kid, and, you're, you know, the water's three times as deep as you, and, it, you know, it's only up to dad's chest. And, and I remember, I don't know if you did this as well, but I remember as the waves would come, he would ask me, under or over? And the question was, do you want to go over the wave or do you want to go under the wave? And I used to love going over the wave. There was something scary about going under the wave. But, but who knows, there's a point where you can only go under the wave. And even if you try to go over the wave, you'll end up under the wave. And, 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 but the amazing thing was, like, I'm so out of my depth, but there was just something so powerful about how relaxed Dad was. Because for him, it wasn't a big deal. For him, he's still way in his depth. Even though I was so far out of my depth, he was in his depth. And there was something about the way that he was relaxed that just instilled confidence in me. And I think it comes the same with God's posture, that the biggest challenge in your life is not out of God's comfort zone, is not out of God's ability, is not out of God's willingness. It's not out of his depth. He is so confident. He's so calm. He's so relaxed. And I think that should instill a confidence within us. I love it. And think about it. Think about the power of a word of God. We're talking about the God who looked at the void and said, let there be light. And there was light. 
We're talking about the God who said to the paralyzed man, take up your mat and walk. And he took up his mat and he walked. We're talking about the God who spoke to the dead girl and said, little girl, arise. Come on. That's relaxed. That's powerful. That's who our God is. It's not intensity. It's not weirdness. It's confidence in his power. I love what it says in Jeremiah 17, uh, 17, 7 to 8. It says, but blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out roots by the streams. It does not fear when the heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. I love that. It's like if your confidence is in God, you just experience this relaxed confidence. My, my faith is actually so, is my faith in Him, I just know He is so strong and He is so firm and He is so big and He's not worried about it that I can actually relax. See, there were some times where I would be with my dad in the water and a big wave would come. I think we called them king tiger waves. I don't know why. It doesn't make any sense. There's no tigers in the ocean except for life of pi. But, um, and, and this big wave would come and I could see my dad's expression change. And it was like, hang on. For a moment, I'd get a glimpse of, he doesn't know what he's doing here. <laughs> and the fear that would come upon you. And, and you know, it, 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 it was like all confidence gone. But I think when we look to God, we never see that. We never see God panicking. We never see God out of his depth. We never see God worried. We see him calm, confident, and relaxed. Faith in God's willingness brings that relaxed confidence. And I just really felt to say it because I think sometimes we can feel like we need to be intense to experience God's power. Like if I just turn up the intensity, that's, that's where the miracle happens. I need to be more intense in my prayer. I need to be more intense in, in whatever it is. And of course, there's a time to press in and to, to keep pushing deeper. But I just think in a moment, God can touch you. In a moment, God can speak to you and it can transform everything. It's relaxed. It's powerful. Um, I was speaking to a friend recently. Uh, and because I guess in the background of maybe experiencing some weird Christianity. I don't know if anyone's ever experienced some weird Christianity. It's like, all right, we can have the power of God and not be strange about it. Okay. It's a normal thing um, for a Christian to experience. And I was speaking to a friend recently about speaking in tongues, and we were just speaking in a cafe, and um, he kind of was saying, like, I'd love, to, I'd love to experience that. And I was like, well, let's believe right now that, that Jesus would fill you with that and that you'd be able to speak in tongues through his power. And this is just in the middle of a cafe, and I was just able to stick my hand on his shoulder, pray really simply that God would fill him, that it would overflow, that God's Holy Spirit would, like, fill him to overflowing. Finish praying, he said, right. I'm going to go home and pray in tongues. And then he didn't tell me about it for a couple of weeks. And, and I said, what happened? Like, did it not work? And he's like, oh, no, no, now I speak in tongues all the time. <laughs> you know, God's power was upon me. And by the love, it's not in this, this weirdness. No one in the cafe would have even known what was happening. But there's this just relaxedness that comes with the power of God. And when we pray this morning, we're not going to make this intense spectacle. It's just we're going to pray and believe with faith that God would touch people in a powerful way. So we have a relaxed God. And the final thing is about his posture is he's reaching out. I love that at the start. Jesus reached out his hand. I just think that's such a powerful picture of God's posture, that he's actually reaching out to you. He's 
leaning in. His posture is towards you. I hope this is resonating with some people this morning because it's, it's quite quiet in here. <laughs> I, I love you guys, but so, it's quiet. Have you experienced that God's actually reaching out His hand to you? That, that God isn't, again, distant, waiting for you to find Him. He's leaning in. His, his posture, His heart is towards you. He's saying, whatever you're looking for, God is reaching out and saying, come and find it in me. Looking for hope, Jesus is saying, come and find it. I've got hope. Looking for healing, God's reaching out His hand. Come and receive your healing. Looking for breakthrough, hey, come and find it in me. That is the picture of our God. He's actually reaching out to you. He's not waiting for you to reach out. He's already reaching out. I love what it says, a powerful story in Acts 17, 24 to 28. And this is Paul and um, Paul's pretty brave, and he rolls into this temple, which is for a bunch of other gods, and he starts preaching about Jesus in this, in this temple. And it says, he goes on and he says, The God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth and does not live in temples built by human hands, and he is not served by human hands as if he needed anything. Rather, he, gives, he himself gives every, everyone life and breath and everything else. From one man he made all the nations that they should inhabit the whole earth, and he marked out their appointed times and histories and the boundaries of their land. God did this, and don't miss this, God did this that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from any one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being. As some of your own poets have said, we are his offering, uh, his offspring. You know, Paul is here. He's not preaching to Christians. He's preaching to people who are in the process of worshiping a bunch of other gods. And he says, you know what? If you would reach out and seek God, you would find him. And as a matter of fact, he's not far from you. He's actually so close. And that's our message, I guess, as a, as a church is that God is not far from you. You might feel far from God, but God isn't far from you. He is close to you. As a matter of fact, He is reaching out. And if you would just reach out to God, do you know what you would find? You would find that God is already reaching out to you. That long before you made a decision to reach out to God, He decided that He would reach out to you. He longs for relationship with you. He longs for you to experience His power. He's not this distant, far off God. He is a close God who reaches out His hand and says, if you would just seek me, you would find me. And you would find that I'm not actually far away. It's almost like if you would just turn around, you'd be like, whoa, you're right here, God. You're not far from me. You're close to me. And, and, and I think it's so important that we realize that, that He sees you right where you are, your struggles, your trials. They're not a surprise to God. What you're struggling with, not a surprise to God. Your shortcomings, not a surprise. Yet He still reaches out and says, I am willing if you would reach out to me, if you would seek me, I'm willing. It's not a big deal. I'm relaxed, but I'm powerful. Come experience it is God's invitation to us. Let me strengthen you. I know it looks dark, but come and find a way. I know it seems hopeless, but take my hand. Experience hope like you've never experienced it before. I know you feel like your life is meaningless, but if you would just come with me, if you would take my hand, you'd experience purpose like nothing you've ever experienced. I know you've been thinking so hard 
trying to work it all out. But if you just take a step of faith and, and take my hand, experience me. Don't just know about me. Experience me. Let me touch you is the message of God's posture. I think that's so powerful. Don't you love that about Jesus? That he's, he's actually proactive. It's not like, oh, you know, he's surprised when you reach out to him. He was already reaching out. I just got a couple of questions and, and then we're going we're gonna to pray in a moment. Just in a, in a way of applying this, I think it's important we ask ourselves these questions. Do you trust that this is God's posture towards you? That he's willing, he's relaxed, he's reaching out. Do you trust that's for you? Because I know sometimes it can be easier to believe that it's for somebody else, but it can be hard to believe that it's for ourselves. But do you believe that God's posture towards you is like this? And I wonder what your posture is towards God. What's your posture towards God? And I think if you want to see God move in your life, the key is simply to mirror His posture. The key is to be willing and to surrender and to say, you know what, it's, it's not in my hands, but God, you've got it. And I'm willing to, to, to just say, Jesus, my heart is open to you. That's why when we worship, we raise our hands. It's a posture thing, saying that, Jesus, I surrender. Jesus, I'm putting my focus on you. It's to be relaxed and not to be so stressed about seeing your miracle happen. It's just to relax and to trust His power, to trust that He's big enough, to trust that He's got you. And it's reaching out. It's just reaching out and finding Jesus. That's the key to seeing God move in your life.